Welcome to the In Your 20s podcast, where we figure out what the f- we're doing in our 20s. What's up, guys? My name is Tina with an H, and welcome back to another episode of In Your 20s. So before we get into today's episode, first, I want to let you guys know that I am recording this episode on Tuesday, November 3rd. It is, in fact, the presidential election. It is election day here in the United States. I am a nervous wreck. I'm probably going to record a solo next week just based on everything that's happening. There have been talks that we might get results tonight, which I don't think we're going to. I think it's going to take probably a week or two weeks. Everyone on Twitter is, you know, joking, and I'm using the term joking very loosely, about a civil war happening. Because as we all know, Gen Z and millennials, we like to cover our pain and emotions with humor, not even just regular humor dark humor. And that's what's happening on Twitter right now. I'm not going to talk too much about the election because that's what I'm going to discuss in my solo. But I do want to talk to you guys about Halloween. Halloween is my favorite, favorite holiday like of all time. I was born on April Fool's Day and that holiday even takes a backseat to Halloween. This year, Halloween was obviously a little different, but I still tried to do my costumes, you know, have some fun Usually for Halloween, I go all out. I do like three to four costumes, but obviously like there was not that much going on this year. So I only did two. I know I said only, but like that was very hard for me to do, especially because I wasn't Britney Spears this year. And I've been Britney for like three years in a row. But my costumes this year, the first one, I was Normani from her Motivation music video. It took me four hours to bejewel and like bedazzle the entire outfit. And for my other costume, it was a group costume. It was only three of us, but we were Wings Club fairies and I was the fairy Aisha. I have never in my life sewn before. Like I just, I'm not a seamstress by any means. And for this costume, I literally had to sew. It was so difficult. I didn't do a good job. I have no future in being a fashion designer of any kind. But I think it came out decently. If you guys want to see my two costumes, you can just go on my personal Instagram. That's at Tina.Ogalo. I'll spell it out for you in case you don't want to check out the show notes. That's T-I-N-A-H dot O-G-A-L-O. I asked you guys a poll on the Inner 20s account, and it was just basically what you guys did for Halloween. A lot of you ended up, you know, going out and hanging out with friends, which is totally fine. But what is super concerning is that None of you went and got tested. Actually, not none. A few of you guys did, but not everyone. So I'm going to tell you guys what I did. It was my roommate's birthday that week. So what we had decided to do was to throw two separate, very small gatherings, literally 10 people or less. And that includes the two of us to celebrate her birthday. And in order for anyone to come to our apartment, they had to go and get tested and they had to send the results in saying that it was negative. This was just our way of keeping track to make sure that we weren't putting anyone at risk and that it wouldn't come back to us. And someone would be like, oh my gosh, they had a party and everyone got COVID. Like we just didn't want any of that energy. So we were really safe, which I'm very thankful for that all of our friends were super cooperative about it. But obviously not everyone did the same thing. There are over 100,000 cases of COVID apparently this weekend alone. I could be wrong. I just saw that on Twitter. But this is me asking you guys to go get tested. Hopefully you all voted for those who live in America. And yeah, 
that's all I'm going to say about those two topics. But now I want to introduce you guys to today's guest. Her name is Melissa Herrera. She's the host of the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast. And throughout the episode, we go through a lot of different topics, starting with living with roommates, the drama that can ensue when living with other people, what it means to have privacy when you're living with other people, all that good stuff. We, of course, talk about her podcast, Mimosa Sisterhood, and it's a very female empowerment show that I think a lot of you guys are going to like. I felt super inspired by our conversation and everything that she said about it. Then we turn tables a bit and talk about authenticity, living authentically, and what it means to live authentically in, in relation to not only yourself, but to your friends as well. And sometimes as we grow up and get older, we have to cut people off. We got to get them out of our lives. It sucks. It's a shitty situation, but you got to do it. And Melissa tells us exactly how to do so. If you guys enjoy the show, please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, follow, tell your friends about it. Definitely want to grow the In Your 20s community because y'all are some cool fucking people. And I think we could find even more really cool fucking people. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we're just going to get right into it. Welcome to the show, Melissa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Guys, Melissa is the host of Mimosa Sisterhood. She's incredible podcast host. You guys definitely need to check out her show. We're going to get into it a little bit more in the episode. But Melissa, to get us started, I'd love to ask if you're okay with answering, how old are you and what is one random fun fact you've learned in your 20s? Sure. I am 31 years old. And I think one of the most ridiculous things I learned very early into my 20s was that you should never move into an apartment with like five girls and it's a two bedroom space. That sounds like an absolute nightmare. What made you think you wanted to do that? <laughs> well, you know, you're young, you have no money, you want to live in a cool apartment in the city, and you can only do that with a ton of roommates. And it's a horrible idea. So don't do it. <laughs> Where is the city for you? Uh, San Francisco. Uh, I've always wanted to go there. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, much like other big cities around the U.S., it costs a lot of money to live. And especially in San Francisco, you have to pile in the roommates to get the apartment that you want. So that's what I did at a very young age. And I very much regret it. You know, that's another thing with like cities such as London. So when I was interning abroad, I think this is last summer. Yeah. Summer of 2019. The living situation out there is so tiny. When I tell you that I had me and one roommate, but we both had twin beds, desks that were pretty small, a kitchen and a shower all within like, I'm not a carpenter, guys. I'm really like... <laughs> guessing the square footage but just think of it as like a walk-in closet that's a little bit of an exaggeration but that is actually the size of how I was living it's not fun no I believe it and in this apartment that I moved into my the girl that I shared a room with who was fine her and I are still like best friends today but our beds touched there was literally no space between them because there was no room and then we had to have her dad fly up and like hammer my dresser on top of her dress because there wasn't room to have space for two side by side. So my dresser oh. was like up to like 12 feet high. <laughs> no way. Could you reach it? It was hard, but I could. 
You definitely need like a stepladder or something like that. Yeah. So it was ridiculous and it was crazy. And I don't advise anybody in their 20s to ever do that if you don't have to. Oh my gosh. I'm honestly, I thought like my living situation was like pretty good with where I'm at now in my apartment. And just thinking about having, this is my first time having a single since, you know, going to college, having a roommate for all four years. And I love it so much. I don't think I could ever possibly do it again. Yeah. Nope. I know what you mean. I I lived alone after that for a long time and it was an absolute luxury. Um, I could probably never have roommates again. Oh, the dream, the dream (laughs) for us all. And you also said, you know, um, who you're living with at the time, that's your best friend. You're still in contact with them. When it comes to roommates, I personally feel like once you start living with someone that you're very close to, at some point you kind of start to like push away from each other a bit just because you're spending so much time together. Do you think that's been a consistent repetition throughout your 20s and just living with other people? Oh, yeah. I mean, I lived with that roommate for seven years while I lived in San Francisco. We lived in multiple apartments together, but that was our first one. Um, And then, of course, there were three other girls in that apartment and shit hit the fan like you wouldn't believe. And it exploded after like three months. So we had to move on with our lives. But I mean, her and I lived together forever in very close spaces. And for the most part, it was absolutely fantastic but I think towards like the end of those years you know it was it was a lot and um I think the older that you get you kind of strive for change or like you know not things to be always the same every day and once especially once you start dating and you have boys around you want your own space and privacy and so definitely as we got older in our 20s things changed and I I ended up moving the city um but I lived with her for a long time. And after, you know, a couple years of space after I moved away, we're still really, really good friends today. So yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of space really helped that relationship continue to grow. Oh girl, when you start talking about the whole privacy thing and with guys, I'm like, please, that's it. That's all I need. Right. I mean, it's COVID time. So no one's coming over. No one's coming over, guys. Don't get any ideas. I mean, I wish. But right now I'm like, I like just having my privacy. And as I'm very extroverted in social situations that when I get home, it's immediately in my room. Like, don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. I hate 20 questions. That's why whenever I come back to my parents' place, my mom, my mom has this thing where she won't stop asking me questions. And I'll be like, I answered this already. And then <laughs> she, she goes, well, if I don't ask you, you're not going to tell me. And I've realized that's how I've been throughout most of my life now because I'm just so tired once I get back to my living quarters. I feel it, especially once you're working a full-time job and your brain's constantly focusing on other things that aren't you. By the time you get to shut that off, it's like, all right, lock me in a room and leave me alone. Like, I need some me time. I need personal space. Obviously, when it comes down to how people are interacting, what people are doing for work. It's a completely different nature than what we've been doing for forever. And with your podcast, were you recording in a studio beforehand or have you always been recording remotely? I have always, for the most part, recorded remotely unless there was a guest that I brought on that lived nearby. I would record in my studio apartment, which was basically a studio. Um, But no, remote is the way that I go. I love that. Well, that was pretty much my segue into asking you to tell us more about Mimosa Sisterhood, because guys, 
if you couldn't already tell by the title, it's definitely a fun time listening to her show. (laughs) Yeah. So I like to think of us as a comedic storytelling podcast and each host on the show, myself and whoever I bring on, we research the life of a woman in history that inspires us. And then we tell her story on the podcast. But of course, we do it while drinking um, an abundance of different alcoholic beverages from coffee and Bailey's to whiskey and Coke to wine to mimosas whatever you're feeling um and we have a lot of fun to be honest it i you know i named it mimosa sisterhood because i imagine women at brunch drinking bottomless mimosas and just like chattering away with their best friends like crazy and that's basically what i do on this podcast except for we're chattering away about badass women in history that inspire us so that's pretty much the basis of the show we're almost up to covering 100 women in total which is huge. Um, I'm going to have a big celebration for that. But yeah, I've been doing it for about two years and it's everything to me. It's so much fun. And I, it just, it inspires me to run this podcast, (laughs) which is awesome. When you said coffee and Bailey's, I was like, I'm not a coffee drinker, but suddenly I am. Oh, it's, it's tasty. That sounds so fun. I think I'm going to start doing that when my uh, roommate makes her like Keurig Keurig coffee or whatever. I literally don't even know how to use that machine. (laughs) I'm going to ask her to make me one sometime. I'll be like, all right, drinking during work hours. Kidding. It's so tasty. It's the best. I absolutely recommend it. Well, congrats on 100 or almost 100 episodes throughout all the women that you've Um, talked about and discussed who if you could pick one has been your favorite or if you can't pick one you can pick a few um I think my favorite is Gerda Taro and she is not very well known but she was a Jewish photographer who was living during like Nazi Germany time and she actually ended up working for another male photographer who was also also like a Hungarian Jew and the two of them sort of like started this business together under an alias name I think it was Robert Capo um, because they wanted to be photographers and run this business during a Nazi Germany time, but they didn't want anyone to know that they were Jews. And so they kind of were hiding that from the public. But anyway, they were, you know, taking photos of like all kinds of stuff going down in war and shit was getting crazy. And Gerda actually ended up producing the most famous photos that were released during that time period. But then her little Boo Thang, who was her business partner, he ended up taking the credit for it because their company was listed under a male name. So he ended up just like pretending he was that male. Um, And he pretty much tried to steal the credit of her talents. And she obviously left his ass. And then she took off and started doing it on her own. And she literally was on the front lines of war, like standing on tanks, taking photos, trying to show the public like the horrors of battlefield to try to like tell people like we shouldn't be doing this this isn't right and she ended up dying on the war field um but she's a total legend and i think she's one of the coolest chicks i've ever learned about and i just love her (laughs) that is such an amazing story i would have never known that if you had never if you hadn't said it i wouldn't know so i think a lot of people can take away and just learn more about women's history in general by listening to your podcast. And I know right now you've got a new series called Everyday Woman. What is that about? 
Yeah. So since the main focus of the podcast is about women in history, I decided that it was also really important to highlight the women living today that are doing awesome things in the world. And I, I don't necessarily want to just highlight, you know, the top business woman who's 30 years old and a millionaire who launched some company and she's kick ass. Like I want to cover the women that aren't well known who are doing amazing things day by day and maybe don't get that recognition, but deserve it. So I have a really, really awesome lineup of women that I've scouted pretty much through Instagram or people I've just come across like in the media. And um, I've only released two episodes so far, but I have so many other girls that are scheduled to, you know, be upcoming next. And really, it's just uh, them telling their personal struggles and stories of like whatever they've gone through in their life and how they've overcome it with intent to just show how, you know, women are strong as fuck. And the female experience is gnarly. And I think it's also just a good way to celebrate women and their lives because I feel like we often live in a a world that pits women against each other. And so I think like the main focus of my show is to try to eliminate that type of controversy um, and just remind all women around the world that we're very much alike and we go through the same things. And instead of, you know, trying to one up the girl next to you, we should really relate to each other and use each other as support and guidance because we need that. (laughs) So that's kind of the idea. Okay. Is it dramatic of me to be like kind of tearing up after you said everything that you just said? Because that was so inspirational. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, good. That's, that's what I'm wanting. (laughs) It's so true, though, because when you think about it, like every single day, women are pitted against each other, especially when it comes to social media nowadays. You've got Nikki versus Cardi. You've got Beyonce versus Adele, which don't make no sense because those two love each other. Mm-hmm. It's just seeing how the media has. I'm talking about social media in particular, where it's we the people we're the ones who are having these conversations and pinning these people against each other. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to Instagram and social media as a whole, what do you think needs to change? I think that people need to be more honest and genuine about their full stories. Because I think we often only see what is like the cookie cutter version of their life. And I think that sends a really, you know, untrue message to other people, not even just women that, you know, are looking for a path in life or are trying to follow a certain journey to a certain career. And the people that are sort of in these like role model positions are only showing us the positive of how they got there. And so I feel like within my new segment, I really want these women to tell me like, okay, hey, you launched this huge business, you're really successful, cool. But like, I know shit got gnarly before you reached that point in your life. And that's what I want to know about. And so I actually tell the women before they come on my segment that like, I don't want to hear your fucking Barbie, you know, story. I want (laughs) to hear like the raw, the gnarly. I want to hear you get real angry. I want you to cry. Like, let's be honest with ourselves here because that's what people need to be hearing because that's the truth. For sure. I think even when it comes to who you follow on social media, that's a very big thing. For me, for example, I don't follow, I don't think I follow many celebrities at all. 
Like I don't follow celebrities. I don't follow influencers. I just follow the people that are in my network that inspire me that I know that I'm friends with or that I can see myself hanging out with them. Sure. I've got certain role models or, you know, I don't want to say like models, but people who definitely have a larger following. But the reason why I'm following them right now is because my feed, for example, or my explore page is so whitewashed that I'm like, why am I seeing all these people who look nothing like me? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to know how to do my hair? How am I supposed to know to do X, Y, and Z if I'm just comparing myself to people who don't look like me? Or it's just yeah. it's baffling to me. What's your take on it? I mean, I totally agree. I think that's something that's existed even long before social media was even alive or the internet was even around. I think that's something we've seen back since like the 1940s and 50s when they, you know, created that cookie cutter stay at home wife image that was blasted all over all of the newspapers, you know, when their husbands were out at war and they all looked exactly the same. And it's just this idea that like, this is what the woman is. And it's actually funny that we bring this up. A quick little side note, you know, one of the other women I've covered on my show, Julia Child, she is a famous, well, she was the first reality show cook that basically ever existed. And she's nothing like the stereotypical 1950s wife. She's super tall. She's goofy. She would like screw everything up when she was cooking. And, you know, that's why she ended up famous because people saw the organic, genuine side of who she was and it wasn't perfect. And she ended up becoming a celebrity, a famous celebrity at 53 years old because she was her true, genuine self. And it turns out that that's what people want. They don't want the pretend, you know, doped up wife who's like, hi, husband, what can I do for you today? They want like the organic woman. And I think that's still true today, even though we might not see it on social media. I think that the majority of people out there don't want fake. They want real or at least something they can relate to. I totally agree. Also, I just looked up Julia Child and she is the cutest thing I have ever seen. Yeah, another fun fact about her, she's actually the inspiration to Mrs. Doubtfire. So Robin Williams loved her and was inspired by her, and he created the character of Mrs. Doubtfire based off of Julia Child's personality. You know, it's really funny that you say this because I knew that she looked like someone, but I couldn't put a finger on what. And I was like, Tina, you can't even guess because you might be rude and you might offend someone. But now that you're saying it, I feel okay. Then I'm like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the same thing. You know, when women saw Julia Child on TV, they were like, this is what I'm like. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time. Like, I'm going to keep watching this woman because she represents who I am. And I think that's the same on social media today. Like, we don't want to see the same girl every day. We want to see something that reflects us. When talking about TV and just switching it into pop culture in general, who do you think are some women that are organic, them complete authentic selves in today's day and age? God, I feel like that's really hard because, again, I don't think that we often see a lot of that. And if we do, I feel like some of those women are very often thrown in our faces. But I think one that comes to mind is Kristen Bell. 
Um, she often talks a lot about like her struggles in her marriage, as well as like her husband dealing with, you know, he has, he's like an ex alcoholic or an addict of some sort. And they deal with a lot of mental health issues and they talk a lot about raising their children. And I think, you know, the honesty that she shows and the struggles that she has in her own family dynamic, as well as the struggles she's had maintaining a healthy marriage for decades is really, really empowering. And another person that comes to mind is pink, the singer she's similar in that same respect where her and her husband Carrie Hart have had on and off again drama I think they might have even gotten divorced at one point and gotten back together but she's never kept any of that private from the public she's always been super honest about it and you know she has a very um unique way of raising her children. She raises them in genderless households. And I think she has a son and a daughter. And so she sort of gives them the freedom to kind of be who they want to be, even if it's against the norm. And she even had like one of the most powerful speeches I've ever seen. I think it was the Grammys or something, some music award where she, you know, got on stage and you know, said that her award was in representation of her daughter who had felt like she wasn't a pretty girl. And Pink was like, you know, my my daughter, I've never, no one's ever thought I was a pretty girl, but that's never stopped me and like, look where I am today. And so I think both of those women are huge inspirations and just in the honesty of like, hey, we're celebrities, hey, we're famous, we have a lot of money, but like shit has never been easy for us. And we want you to know that because that's organic and that's real. That's so true, especially with Kristen Bell. I don't know as much about. I know a little bit about Dak Shepard. I know that he had a relapse recently and she was very honest and open about it once he came out and told the world um, about his relapse. But with Pink, Pink is a that's a great example because she is such a total badass. I don't know too much about her, except I mean, her songs are fucking iconic (laughs) and the fact that she's from Philadelphia. But I do remember that speech that you're talking about. I think you're right. It was the Grammys. And to see her being someone who her hair short, she's the complete opposite of what the media has been trying to tell us is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's also really strong. Like she's a muscular girl. You know, she gets on stage and performs. She's doing like aerial acrobatics. Like what the hell? She's not only just like a good voice, but she's a total athlete. And she's really, you know, she uses her body. And that was one thing that she said in her speech is like, people have told me that I'm muscular. I look like a boy. Like, But, you know, she uses that and shows the beauty in it while she's performing, while she's on stage. And she's also just not afraid to be that, you know, in public. She's like, this is the way it is and it's not changing. And I also have to give props to her husband. You know, he's like huge in that BMX world, motocross world where, you know, that's very masculine. That's very you know, broy, and he's stuck by his wife's side for decades. And I wouldn't doubt that he's probably received his own fair share of backlash in the sense that she's not the most feminine woman on earth. So I kind of just love them. <laughs> we stand. This is now a pink stand podcast. That is it. <laughs> Everyone else go home and. You know, I will say when it comes to Pink going, like doing her acrobatic type shit, every single time I see her go up, I just get so scared. I hold my breath because I'm I'm not too bad with heights, but I obviously I'd rather stay close to the ground. You know, I don't need to see heaven just yet. No, thank you. 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm okay for right now. Thanks. Try again another day. But she is truly a badass. And when you're talking about, you know, her relationship with herself, her relationship with her husband, her kids, and even the outer outer world, my question for you is now that you're in your 30s, how has your relationship with yourself changed? So let's talk about 20-year-old Melissa as compared to 31-year-old Melissa. Oh my God. It's like literal night and day. Um, I was a huge raging piece of shit for like my entire 20s. I probably <laughs> like hit a peak of not being a raging piece of shit anymore at like 28. So like a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, I had like this huge breaking point late in my 20s where I was like, yo, like I fucking suck. Like I am not a good person. I've done a lot of bad shit in my life. I have horrible values. Like what the fuck's wrong with me? And it like really forced me to do some like really deep rooted shadow work. Um, I went to therapy for a while. I started this podcast and really it, it revealed a lot of things about my life that I'd sort of brushed under the rug for majority of my life. And that was really just that I had grown up in a pretty fucked up environment. And I think I like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really know you just know what you know, and that's just what it is. And so when you're in a toxic environment for years and years on end, that's just normal to you. And it sort of builds you into this adult that's usually not the most pleasant person on earth. And so it took me a long time to kind of recognize that, like, that's why I am the way that I am. And so... I had to make a lot of really severe adjustments in my life to make sure that I didn't pass that on to my future kids and that I would continue in my adulthood being the best version of myself because that's what I should be doing. And so that's kind of it. You know, I sucked in my 20s and I'm not sucking nearly as bad in my 30s. (laughs) We love to hear it. That is growth, girl. Yeah, that's what it is. It's growth. I feel like your 20s, you're just trying to figure yourself out. You're trying to create this identity that makes sense to you. You're exploring things. Um, You know, it's like you're just developing. And after several years of that, you kind of get a better idea of what you've been doing, what didn't work, and, you know, what you want to be differently. And so once you're 30, you're kind of like, all right, let's just chill now and like be cool. <laughs> be cool. Chill out. <laughs> What's that? Like totally Kyle from the Amanda show. He's like, yeah, bro. Like, Chill out. No, it's not that. It's I think maybe Drake and Josh or something where it's like, whoa, just take it easy, man. Do you get that reference? Yeah, that's like my life motto now. I love that. When it comes to your relationship, so we talked about your relationship with yourself, but now when it comes to your relationship with other people, what's something that now is necessary, whether it's relationship platonically, intimately, that you require from other people that you probably would have just pushed under the rug back when you were 24? I think it's the same for platonic or, you know, intimate. I I think the most important thing I've started doing in my 30s is creating boundaries with people and like making sure that the people that I surround myself with have my best interest in heart and are a positive influence on me because that's something I did not prioritize my entire 20s. And I truly believe that, you know, that phrase, it's like you 
I don't remember the total phrase, but like you become the people that you surround yourself with. And so when those people suck, you end up pretty much sucking too. And so that's something that's really important to me today is just making sure that the people that I invite into my world respect my boundaries and you know, have my best interests in heart because those are the kind of people I need on my side in this next stage of life. Definitely. It's cool that you say all these things because I try to be self-reflective every so often. I try to journal as much as I can, even though during COVID I have all this time, but I still am not journaling as much as I should be or want to. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that you do say like, they're not respecting my boundaries and being like, okay, this person isn't taking my feelings into consideration it's time for me to, as much as it's going to hurt, but I have to remove them as a friend or I have to get out of this relationship because they're not benefiting me. They're just tearing me down. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I've actually had to make huge changes in my life where I did cut people out and it's hard and it doesn't feel good. And you almost feel like guilt and regret, but it's, it's something that has to be done in order to like elevate yourself to the next level of self-healing and self-love because those people aren't helping you reach, you know, that place in your life. They're what you just said, they're tearing you down. So it'll happen to everybody at some point. You end up reaching a breaking point where you're like, what the hell's going on? Like, this isn't okay. I can't do this anymore. How do you cut people out? I would love to hear your take. Is it through text? Is it a phone call? Do you just kind of go ghost mode on them? What's your tea on it? Um, well, I had to cut a girlfriend of mine out, I think when I was like 28, that age that I said, when I had like my breakthrough and, you know, I had talked to her to face to face many a times about like, Hey, this shit's not okay. What you keep doing to me isn't okay. And she just kept, you know, just making up excuses and not taking it seriously. And then it, the cycle would repeat over and over and over again. And eventually I just stopped fucking inviting her to shit. And then she'd reach out and be like, Hey, you had, you know, this shindig and everyone was there, but me, like, what the hell? And it's like, uh, yeah, no shit. (laughs) Is this really (laughs) a shock to you? Like, what do you mean? This should be the least surprising thing that's ever happened. Like you're out because you one treat me like shit Two, You don't give a fuck about my feelings or anything I've been communicating to you over the past year. You've made zero changes to your behavior. So I don't want you in my life anymore. And I'm sorry if that sucks, but like that, it sucks to suck, you know? Yeah. It's all about those growing pains, especially once you warn. It's different if you warn a friend and they at least try to put in effort, but for the ones who just constantly just say, blow it off, say, oh yeah, I'll totally do that. And then there's no change it's what's the point you can only try so much until you get fed up with it yeah totally and I'm like a very blunt person so it's like you know I will be as cordial for as long as I can but once you've confirmed that you just don't care like it's like it's just like scissors to paper like I don't know you anymore don't call me Uh, but I've never ghosted anybody (laughs) I usually make it very clear like stop just get out of here I've got to ask just because I'm so curious what is your sign I'm a Virgo. Oh, that is not what I would have guessed. Yeah, I'm a Virgo sun, Libra rising, Sag moon. Okay, literally none. For some reason, I'm just getting a lot of Aries energy from you. (laughs) My Mars is in Aries. Maybe that's it, because I'm an Aries sun, and I was like, I'm (laughs) reviving right now. Everything you're saying, I'm like, that's it, that's it. 
Melissa, I do want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. But before, you know, I let you plug your socials, the podcast, everything, I do need to ask you this very, very important question. For sure. What is it? What is your go-to drink when you're at the bar? Oh, my God. I'm the most basic bitch on earth. I love me a good Kettle One vodka with soda water and a splash of crayon with a lime wedge. Oh, that's not basic. Oh, I feel like that's what every girl orders. No, the fact that you've got the crayon and the lime, I feel like it's (laughs) either one, not the other, or not both. Yeah, and then I'll have like seven of those. So times that by seven, and that's my favorite bar cocktail. Oh, we truly are the same. Are you sure you're not in Aries? We need to do this. We need to figure out the birth chart. (laughs) Oh, yep. That's the one. It's my favorite. And then I I love uh, all wine and mimosas. But yeah, vodka, vodka soda is my go-to. I love that. Well, Melissa, thank you so, so much for coming on this show. Now's your time to plug the podcast, your handles. And if there's anything else that you want to say, now's your time to go ahead and do it. Awesome. Okay, so... The podcast is Mimosa Sisterhood Podcast. I have a really awesome website. It's the same, www.mimosasisterhood.com. Instagram is the same, at Mimosa Sisterhood. Those are pretty much the only handles that I use. I can't get on the Twitter game. I'm just, I think I'm too old. I've missed the mark. But um, yeah, check me out on you know my website, on my podcast, on Instagram. And then I guess the only other thing I would say is that, you know, as we mentioned earlier, I have my new Everyday Woman segment. If you're somebody who has a really awesome inspirational life story to tell, something you've gone through, something you've experienced, or any knowledge that you have for other women navigating through life, I would love to hear from you. I want you on the show. So you can shoot me an email. It's hello at mimosasisterhood.com. And And hopefully we can hear your story and celebrate your life. I will definitely be listening to every single episode. And Melissa, um, you are not too old for Twitter. Let me just say, (laughs) I don't even tweet that often either because I'm scared to. But Twitter, if you need a laugh, if you are if you are down bad, you go on Twitter and you're still down bad, but you're at least a little happier. Yeah, it's I'm so confused by it. I'm like retweeting. What is it? I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Thank you again so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. Of course. And guys, thank you so, so much for tuning in to another episode of In Your 20s. If you like the episode, please feel free to rate, review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends, share it with them be a part of the in your 20s community you can follow along on instagram at in your 20s that's 20s with a y-s not an i-e-s if you want to be on the show or want to rant slash vent because y'all know i love to do that too send an email to in your 20s at gmail.com my name is tina with an h and i'll catch you next wednesday